comes the sun, here comes the sun, and I say it's all right. Little darling, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter. Little darling, it's been years since you've been here. Here comes the sun. Good morning, Middle Church. My name is Dennis Barton, and I'm one of your deacons here. I'm here today to give you the, the invitation to worship. I start out with a reading from Psalm 3 and 5. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Holy One, Thank you for your presence in this place today. We are grateful that, like Jesus, you called us your beloved children. Help us to open our hearts and be curious like children so we can see what you want to show us and hear what you want to say to us and be transformed by your Holy Spirit on this Lenten journey. Amen. 
Good morning, everybody. I say good morning. How are you doing today? I'm so glad you're here. Delighted that you're here. It is the first Sunday of Lent. Um, I am Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister here. And on behalf of our entire family, I'm so glad you'll do this Lenten journey with us. If you're a first-time visitor, will you raise your hand so we can greet you? Yay! When I turn towards you, let me know where you're from. Where are you from? Where are you from? New Jersey in the house. Where are you from? New Jersey as well. We got some Lila peeps in the house. Lila Boyer's family. Somebody's got a birthday today. Somebody got a birthday? Okay, okay. Where are you from? Tell me where you're from. Okay. Are you visiting? You live on 7th Street. Thank you for taking the long hike all the way here. <laughs> We're glad you're here. You're like, I don't want to say. We're so glad you're here. Where are you from? France? Bienvenue. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Anybody else? Um, you want to tell us where you're from? You're from France as well. France, I'll see. Where? Paris or? Paris. Paris, yeah. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Who's the boy with the afro back there? <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Listen, we're so glad to have you, and we want to stay in touch with you, so if you will fill out one of the cards that's in the pew in front of you in many languages and drop it in the offering bag when it goes by, we can make sure you know about all things Middle Church. Um, speaking of Middle Church, today, uh, as first Sunday in Lent um, and Women's History Month, our deacons are in the house leading worship today. If you're a... Yay! Can I ask all of my consistory to stand up? If you're on the board. Okay, please stand. Yay! Yay! And deacons raise your hands. The deacons raise their hand. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, guys. Uh, this, this special worship uh, celebration that the deacons have put together is to help us to think about our whole lives as a care opportunity. So we're really thrilled about that. Speaking of care, yesterday's retreat was beautiful, I hear. And so thank you so much, Pam and Adaria and all the leaders who made the retreat retreaty and beautiful. I heard it was gorgeous. A couple of things. Tuesdays at 7 o'clock online, we're going to have a Lenten Bible study, Leading from Within, and Chad Tanaka Pack is doing that online study. Yeah. So 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, the bulletin tells you how to get in, and I hope you will join us for that. Thursday, March 5, we're taking a regendered Bible field trip led by Celeste. Celeste, raise your hand. who has introduced us to this beautiful artist named Yael Kanarak, who um, took, like, have you ever watched Broadway Backward, where all the Broadway guys sing the girl songs? Like, Titus is singing, I'm telling you, I'm not going. This is a regendering of the Bible to help us imagine the text differently. Celeste, you made it happen. So excited. So um, pay attention to March 5 at 6 o'clock to be able to take that regendered trip. On the 9th of March, Pub Theology is happening with Elise at the 12th Street Ale House. So come get your beer and learn about God. I think that goes really well together, beer and God. Please register for the conference. Um, it's an amazing lineup, revolutionarylovedconference.org, in.com, revolutionarylovedconference.com, in DC this year, one time only. Um, and we hope you'll join us. 
Our, our Immokalee workers are still here? They left, but they were here. And it was, we had a great, robust conversation with them on March 12th. We're going to join them in the Follow the Money March protesting Wendy's, and that's in your bulletin as well. Do the thing. <coughs> now, here's the bigger announcement that I want to make. Many of us have come in the room with coronavirus on our minds. Amen? And some of you haven't, and that's okay. But in a community this diverse, some of our diversity includes our age or our immune system strength or respiratory stuff that we're dealing with. And a few things that we wanted to just put in the world to help us all feel comfortable and safe. This uh, little pamphlet is around. There's more of them. We've got them. We can share them. Thank you, Tamala. Appreciate that. Where are these? Ben, you know where they are, right? They're in the back? And in the social, and in the social hall. Thank you, Ben. So I'm not a physician, but I pulled together some things uh, based on a letter I got from my colleague, Tracy Blackman, and also on the CDC website. And this is for you, for safe stuff here, and for safe stuff at home. High level, let me say, the very best way for us to keep ourselves well in this season, which is flu season, is to get a flu shot um, and to wash hands all the time. I mean, I don't mean to say that like, it's fascinating. I'll go in ladies' rooms some places and people like walking out of there without washing their hands. I don't understand that. Help me, Holy Ghost. What is that about? Do the men do that too? Wash it. Wash your hands. We could write a whole book on that, couldn't we, guys? But literally, two minutes of like vigorous, like warm water soap, wrist, da da da, rub, rub, rub fully dry with your paper towel. All of that gets your hands clean. Beyond that is a mud bath. So let's wash thoroughly, right? To keep surfaces clean. So spray your stuff with Lysol, wipe it down. Just good soap and water is a really important thing. Three, if you're sick, do not come. Do not come, do not hug your people that you love and say, hi, baby, hi, can I touch you? Hi, baby. <laughs> How you doing? I have the flu, pray for me. Some of my special people give me that gift every Sunday. <laughs> I have a very strong immune system, thanks be to God, but wow. So like love each other enough to, to not do that, right? And then re really particularly in this community where we're not freaked out, flu happens, but we wanna know that the flu kind of fatality rate is about 0.05. And the coronavirus fatality rate is more like 2%. So there is a difference, and we want to be careful. So what are we going to do? We love to touch each other. I am the biggest toucher of the world. It is my issue. But we're going to try to pass the piece in a new way. I'm going to demonstrate while my friend holds my mic. We're going to go Buddhist on, on pass the piece. Namaste. The God in me sees the God in you, and they're having a party. Like, just boom, namaste. And if you're really you know, feeling it, it's like with the eye and the heart. But it doesn't matter, just a nod and a, can you join me in that? Yes. Because even though you are well, even though you think you are well, your neighbor might have a compromised immune system and does not need you to kiss them juicily. Amen? <laughs> that's, that's one thing we do. No juicy kisses. So. Two, when we do communion, which we're always going to do, we're not going to, we're going to do, we're going to go Episcopal. So Buddhist on the greeting, Episcopal on the communion. Because <laughs> we are those people. We are the world. 
We are the children. It was sing. Okay, so we take. We're, we are going to give you. I'm. I'm funny today, Ivan. What's up with me? <laughs> so we are going to go Episcopal on you and put the wafer in your in your or the cracker or the bread, whatever it is today. It's a wafer, but we're going to put that in your hand and we're going to put the cup in your hand. Okay? And we will have sanitized ourselves and we might even have on one of those scary blue gloves when we do it. But we're going to do that and keep each other safe. Somebody say Amen. Jesus is still present. We're still communing, but we're going to do that. And the third thing is um, around the Lord's Prayer, we love squeezing hands on the Lord's Prayer. But let's just try a little elbow love. Can I touch you? Let's give each other some elbow or some arm, arm hook, okay? And we'll just do that. We've got lots of sanitizer around. We've got lots of soap and water around. That's how we're going to love each other right now, is to just give each other physical comfort. So we're not afraid. Amen? Um, okay. Um, Pam Edgar, one of our deacons, she and Hadaria, one of our elders, organized the retreat yesterday with lots of help. And a beautiful poem came out of the retreat. That is our prayer this morning. So as we think about the people all around the world, Italy, Iran, China, and by the way, please order Chinese food. Unless you're giving up pizza, don't give up the Chinese food. What I'm trying to tell you is it's everywhere. So let's keep everybody in business, okay? Amen? Our neighbors. Um, beautiful prayer. Pam's going to lead us in. And um, I'm just going to stand here with her and listen to this beautiful poetry. Everybody take a breath. God, in these wilderness times... We are grateful for your presence in the middle of our lives. Thank you for your care that looks like a garden oasis in the desert. Mountains, trees, crevices, water, human touch, cherry blossoms, the eyes of another being, sunrises and sunsets, Hands reaching through border walls, beams of light, a smile, really seeing another with empathy. Care that sounds like soft rain and wind and all the elements, waves on a rock, unadulterated laughter, a small voice telling us what to do or say, a chorus of voices harmonizing, queer black men's chorus, kind words spoken gently, and words shouted in dissent against injustice, care that tastes like great coffee and chicken soup when you have a cold, lovingly prepared meals given freely to another, Thai eggplant with basil sauce, my grandma's sweet potato pie, umami, and water when I'm thirsty. Care that smells like clean laundry and spring flowers and newborn babies and fresh cut grass, morning coffee and baking bread, a pine forest, bone broth, Honey suckle in the breeze, the ocean, 
and the lily of the valley. Care that feels like a back rub, handshakes during the passing of the peace, a warm embrace, rocking a baby to sleep, dancing in the pride parade, climbing a mountain, a soft shoulder to cry on, swimming in the ocean, the warmth of sunshine on a crisp October morning, a fuzzy blanket, breath, abandon. God, help us show up for others as you show up for us. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand if you're able? Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Pam. Isn't that beautiful? Stand if you're able, in spirit or in body. Um, we're going to pray the, pray the prayer that we've learned. Jesus taught his disciples, pray it the way we know it, pray the way we learned it, and let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, Hallowed be your name. Your reign comes, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the name, the power, and the glory. Middle Church Choir in the house. Amen. If we look at one another, we can see the face of God. So let's greet each other in God's peace. Peace be with you.
Today's scripture is from Matthew, verse, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on a pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Let that tension out. That song was beautiful. I don't know about you. I wanted to cry up here. Lord have mercy. Good morning, love. My name is Lila, and I'm a deacon here at Middle. 
First, let me say Jesus is bad. <laughs> he gets baptized by John. Let's pray. On this first day of Lent and the celebration of Women's History Month, Spirit, speak to us and show us where we need to let go and grow. Show us the power of your unconditional love. May this message reach each person in the range of our voice in a unique way to them. Amen? Amen. It is such a pleasure and an honor to stand before you and preach. Thank you to my family, my daughter Ernestine, my grandson Mitch, my daughter, hey, hey, what's up, Ian? And my daughter Josie, who are here to support me. And my peeps, right? Too many to mention, right? Um, who are here to support me in person and online. May I add a special happy birthday to my mom, my daughter Judy, and my grandson Khalil, all born on this day. And let me just take a moment out to say RIP to Charlotte and Sandy. May they rest with God. This is a Bible translation according to LCB. That would be me. <laughs> Back to the story. Jesus is bad. He gets baptized by John. This is where things would get the world if this was me. I got power. And in my Oprah's voice, you get this, you get that, and everybody gets this. And yes, 45 is out. <laughs> Jesus was praying when called by spirit into the wilderness. Stop right there. Wait a minute. This sounds a little familiar. Didn't the Israelites go into the wilderness too? And if I recall correctly, they spent 40 years for an 11-day trip. <laughs> mm -hmm. More on that later. Do what now? Go where? Be by myself? Didn't you just baptize? Didn't I just get baptized and filled with the Spirit? Jesus goes, no questions asked. He didn't stop to post it on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Once there, he begins to fast. He fasts for 40 days. By now, I would be hangry. First, I'm baptized, endowed by spirit, called away, and no food. What's up with that? Who does that? <laughs> this would be a good time for me to change my mind and get the world for my purpose, my higher calling. Back to the Israelites. They spent 40 years in the wilderness for an 11-day trip. That's some fuzzy math. Because they couldn't follow God's lead and trust her for the care of them. God is brilliant. She never reveals everything to us at one time. She must know if she reveals the whole story to us, we might not show up. <laughs> yes, Jesus is bad. 
He has his priorities in order. He's getting connected to his power source. He's fasting so he can be closer to his higher power. Even he knows connecting to a higher power, self-care, and receiving TLC is, is a prerequisite to healing the soul and healing the world. Jesus is better than Daniel, and he's fasting. While minding his own business, he was sent into the wilderness and gets tempted. Tempted three times. Each time he refused the temptation without complaint. Did you say three lemon pies? Fly chick right there? In the world at my feet? The Israelites practiced idolatry, moaned and complained every step of the way. They took their eyes off the prize and traded 40 years of their lives for an 11-day trip. First unbaptized, endowed, with, endowed by spirit, called away, no food, and tempted. God got jokes. <laughs> Jesus is bad. See, he never takes his eyes off the prize to heal the soul and heal the world. He's on message. And Jackie's voice, Jesus is love, and everything else is commentary. He's not even hangry. Once the tempter did not have the victory, the angels came and filled Jesus. They had his back like a jacket. They gave Jesus love in the wilderness. Quick notes, I'm baptized, endowed by spirit, called away, no food, tempted, and I get a crew. Now we're talking. <laughs> he was ready to serve. He had his crew with him. This is an amazing time in his life. He went out and did a bold new thing. Carried the message, cared for the least of these, welcomed children and strangers, fed the hungry, gave sight to the blind, made the lame walk, made deaf ears hear, healed a bleeding woman, cast out demons, raised folks from the dead, befriended the lonely and outcast. And this is not a complete list. He's bad. He was already filled with so much power, authority, and influence, and he could have wielded that power, authority, and influence anytime he wanted to. He was the epitome of class, grace, and confidence. He didn't sweat the small stuff. He's got work to do. This Bible passage made me reflect on my own calling. Do I heed my higher powers calling? Listen to my intuitive voice? Do I take time out for myself to get close to the source? Am I willing to forego instant gratification? I got the power to do so. When and how do I stand when tempted? Do I see the big picture when things seem insurmountable? And who has my back like a jacket when I'm in the wilderness? See, Jesus is never alone in this story or in his life. He has somewhere to go, somewhere to turn to. He's always in the care of our loving parent. Yes, he goes through trials and tribulations. He's got haters, just like us. That's what makes the story so powerful. See, we will never live a life that is always harmonious, without pitfalls, 
It's just not realistic. Jesus knows this. Even when the Israelites moaned and complained, God gave them manna for their journey. God gave them love in the wilderness, things that make you be in awe of God's tenderness. And God takes great care to give us unconditional love, to power us up in the face of adversity, to put us in places like middle that feeds our spiritual needs where we can find refuge from any of the things that's chasing us. You fill in the blanks. God provides us with people, sometimes family, sometimes friends. A deacon, a community, maybe even a stranger to walk us through the bad times and the good times. To answer the world's calling for a more just community and society by putting little in the forefront of racial healing. And we know this is no easy task. Even a church like Middle needs assistance and care from us, the congregation, to carry the message into the world and to be the hands and feet of God because we might be the only sign of unconditional love people see. Amen on that? All right. Yeah, he's bad. And although Jesus is bad, the angels tended to him. Imagine that for a moment. Now imagine what it feels like, tastes like, looks like to be here at middle. To know that care is paramount. Can you feel it, taste it, see it? The staff, elders, and deacons want you to feel, taste, and see for you and yours. Just like you experienced being justice. On a personal note, I couldn't, fat, I couldn't phantom even being a deacon. That wasn't my plan, not at all. I'm a woman and a lesbian. No way. When asked to serve, I needed to go somewhere and think about this for a moment and contemplate what does this mean? Spirit made their presence known. Will I answer the call? I did. I remember my ordination like it was yesterday. When Jackie and you, the congregation, prayed over me, I felt the spirit cover me. Pardon me, this just got real as a... <laughs> the temptation was strong, run, doubt, I can't do this, fear, I don't know the whole Bible like that. Okay, stay on message, you've been called to serve. Remember, LCB, some positive self-talk. The gift, God is forever there. She's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God is always growing us up and providing us with what we need. I had to give up the temptation to run, to be fearful and doubtful, and to stand in my calling to care for and with you. Yes, you. To trust that God has me in her care that no matter what happens in my life, I will be loved and cared for. Because I belong to a community like Middle where I'm loved and cared for unconditionally. I'm never alone, Jesus was never alone, and we're never alone. Amen? Amen. I have people who will care for me, sometimes family, sometimes friends, a deacon, a community, or even a stranger, to 
even a stranger, to walk me through the bad times and the good times. Even Jesus could not do his ministry without love, assistance, and care. Are there any temptations you need to let go of? Perhaps an inability to ask for help, care, or assistance because you've been let down so many times you can't count. Or because you need to be strong, appear strong, because of shame, guilt, or pride. Or you've been so independent for so long, you forgot what it feels like to be cared for. Do you need a want, a hug, a prayer, a partner to accompany you to an appointment, a home visit, an acknowledgement shared, or just chat and chew in the social hall? What does care look like to you? It would be a mistake if I ended this sermon without mentioning how powerful, wonderful, amazing it feels when you know how much you are loved and cared for. When you know without a shadow of a doubt that nothing, no thing separates you from the love of God. Here at Middle, those angels are called deacons, elders, staff, friends, family, community. Jesus knew without community, connection, and covenant, he couldn't be able, he wouldn't be able to heal the soul and heal the world. Jesus is bad. Amen. Every time we come to this table for communion, or what some call the Eucharist, we give thanks for the incarnation of God's word. The word became flesh and moved on into our neighborhood. The word was baptized and sent into the wilderness, tested, survived, and thrived. Angels cared for the word, tended to the word, fed the word, and gave it drink. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the cup of blessing. Whenever we break bread, whenever we drink the cup, we do it remembering the Christ and that we are the hands and the feet of God.
And so Jesus took the bread and blessed it and said, family, this is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup, poured it, and said, every time you drink this, remember that you are loved. Know that this is a cup to quench your thirst, a cup of blessing. So friends, whenever we break this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim God's presence right here and right now, God's goodness, God's love that is free flowing for all of you. So you're welcome to this table because it's God's table, just as you are, as you came through the door. You're going to come through the center because the deacons are going to help you, the ushers are going to help you, and we will give you cup and drink. All is ready.
Good afternoon. My name is Kelly. Uh, I have been a, a member of Middle for like 22 years. I know. I look. I look so young. It's kind of hard to imagine. Um, and I want to share with you why I am part of Middle, a part of this place. Why I come here. So I knew what the scripture was for this week. And so I've been thinking a lot about temptation. And I've been thinking about what tempts me. And don't worry, I'll keep this G-rated. Um, <laughs> but my son is here, so I gotta like <laughs> keep it G-rated. But there are the like, you know, there's the things that tempt you. Dark chocolate, can't walk past it. Never met a donut I didn't like. A really good, spicy, salt-rimmed margarita occasionally, or not so occasionally. But then there are like the temptations, the things that really impact how I live and move in this world. And what I've kind of come to recognize about myself is I have, I'm tempted to think small. And what I mean about this is I'm tempted to think there's, you know, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much we can do. There's only so much change I can make. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up, was raised by parents who were super hardworking, super common sense oriented. And that was good. And I, I think I'm a realist. I think I'm pra pragmatic. I think I have a lot of common sense and I'm pretty grounded. And those qualities have served me well, both personally, professionally, they've worked. But there are times when we need to think big. And I really feel like now is one of those times. We are literally bombarded every day with bad news. Amen? Did anyone else feel that way? I'm, we have an administration unwilling to address climate change, even really acknowledge science, or facts for that matter. <laughs> Muslim travel bans, rampant voter suppression. We actually have more voter suppression now than we did in 1968. And I just want to call out for a second that today is the 55th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. And while we are here, my Poor People's Campaign brothers and sisters are in Selma commemorating that, marching across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and my heart is with them. We have increased destruction of our civil rights. The growing criminalization and dehumanization of black and brown bodies kids in cages, separated from their parents to the point where we don't even think about it anymore. 250,000 people die every year in this country, the richest country in the world, from poverty and lack of health care. And I sometimes think the realistic, pragmatic side of me says, okay, Let's jump on this, but we can only fix one problem at a time. We can only address one thing at a time. But that's thinking small, because all of those things are interrelated. And I don't believe in a God who thinks small, 
And I don't think middle thinks small. If I am following a God, if we are following a God that is able to do, as it says in Ephesians, immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine, that is what we are called to do. And that is what middle is called to do. One of the first sermons I heard Jackie preach, she preached on that uh, scripture, and I was like, oh, she is my pastor. That is my favorite verse. That is why we middle goes to the border, to Puerto Rico. That's why we fight for fair wages for farm workers, and we fight to close Rikers. That's why we take to the streets and the courts to defend immigrants. That's why we have a voter reform group. That's why Jackie joins Rob Stevens and Reverend Barber in getting arrested, advocating for some solutions to the structural racism and poverty in our country. That's why I spend my days, nights, weekends, <laughs> lots of time, me traveling the city and the state and sometimes the country, meeting with clergy and union members and teachers and students to talk about the Poor People's Campaign and to talk about amplifying the voices who, of those who are most impacted. That's how I fight the temptation to think small. And every time I come here and I look out at all of you, you help me think big. This place helps me think big. I see a glimpse of what is possible, and that keeps me moving. So if you want to move too, if you want to think big, if you want to be part of this, and I have to tell you, it is part of the care I do for myself, and is the part of care that I do for others, is trying to see a more just world. If you want to do that, you can speak with staff right here at the end of the service, and they will talk to you about joining this place and joining today. And I would ask you to think big about how your contributions, how your donations, no matter the size of them, but think of the potential of them and what they can do to help fund worship, help fund care, and help fund justice. We really, truly need all of you. So please think about that today. And thanks for listening. Just a poor wayfaring stranger. I'm traveling through this world below. There is no sickness, toil, nor danger in that bright world to which I go. I'm going there. 
Holy God, who will not let us go, when we gather like we have today, we are reminded that things will and can be well with our souls. God, for the gifts represented here in the form of money, we give you thanks. For the gifts represented all around this space, in time and talent, and in showing up, we give you thanks. We know that your will will be done with all this and with all these who have gathered. Amen. Amen. So glad to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Smithy. Thank you, Dion. Um, Lila, wow. Thank you. Wow. Wow, Lila. What a blessing it has been to work with the deacons on this beautiful worship celebration. So I give you thanks. Make sure you give Lila some namaste bows and stuff when we get to the back. Um, it is the beginning of our Lenten journey. And we want you to think about two things with us as we walk along this pilgrim's journey. One is everyday glory. We're going to be asking you to let us know, where did you see God's shininess? Where did you see God's glory this week? Where did you see God illuminating the world under the hashtag everyday glory? Everyday glory, friends online. Um, and then the other thing is to fast from fear. There is plenty to be afraid of. Plenty to fear. But good God Almighty, they win six times if we uh, let craziness in the world and um, xenophobia and racism make us afraid. So let's try to fast from fear and imagine God everywhere with everyday glory. Again, thank you, Lila, for the beautiful word. Thank you, Beth, who preached this morning. Thank you all. God bless you and keep you. God make her face to shine upon you. God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May they 
God bless you all along the way. Amen. Amen.